he's a well-respected high school football scout, known for his unpopular opinion and brash commentary. The coach, Keith Miller. He's a well-respected national high school football recruiting analyst. Craig Biggins. Together they bring you the transparent truth, the world's number one source for high school football recruiting news and interviews. The transparent truth. truth. <laughs> welcome, welcome. You're not listening to Transparent Truth. It's your boy, Coach Keith. Five Star Friday with my man Greg Biggins, GB. How you feeling? I feel good. I feel really good. Yeah, yeah. I just had a good interview. Yeah, we right? got that a, was great, fun. a great interview to share uh, with two-time defending state championship coach Narbonne High School's Manny Douglas. And man, it's a golden interview. He really dropped some nuggets on us. Um, and I can't wait for you guys to listen. But before we get to it, we have to remind you about our Sleeper of the Week. Hey, we want to remind everybody, tune in every Wednesday for our Sleeper of the Week segment. Really want to thank our guy, Larry Miller. He's allowing us to showcase unknown prospects that need to be brought to the spotlight. Larry is all about family and community, and his support is helping to change the lives of young players across the country. Each week, young men are getting scholarship offers after being featured on this show. So thank you, Larry. When we have business and a man that is really interested in the community, we need to show our support right back at him. Sit and Sleep is the only place that offers advanced sleep technology. Greg? Body diagnostics. That's five-star stuff. This is high-quality stuff. Lay down on a mattress, and within seconds, thousands of sensors can help you find the absolute right mattress for you. Wow, within seconds? Seconds. Man, that's awesome. Sit and Sleep. They'll beat anyone's advertised price, or your mattress is free. Appreciate you, Larry Miller. Thank you, Larry. And we're back. And GB, before we cut to the interview, just some some things that you researched or what you thought about kind of going into the interview with Manny Douglas and the success he's already had over there in Narbonne. Yeah, no, so when I started at Student Sports in 96, our office was literally five minutes away. Right. It's, it's right over there on, on you know, Hawthorne and, and Wilmington. And so we had, we'd go over there, and then we had Nambi was our intern. So we sure. kind of – they were not a good program at all. Right. I mean, it, the fields were crap. It was just kind of a program you're like, okay, this is – not trying to be stereotypical, but it was like a stereotypical city team. Right. Just it wasn't run well. Manny gets in there, and, I mean, immediately you sense there was something different. Yeah. And, but the run he's at right now, it's fine. During the interview, I kind of compared it to UCLA's run, when they were winning like seven in a row. And, in the 60s and 70s, yeah, sure. Yeah, like, dude, they're rolling right now. And I never saw those old Carson batting teams. I'm, I'm old, but not that old. Yeah. Um, I know those were great teams, but from, from just for me, yeah. watching football since like 2000, you know, 96, you know, but 2000. Yeah. Dude, he's got some of the best city teams I've ever seen. Yeah, man. Just listening to the interview and listening to him talk, you talk about some of the players. He's got some iconic city players. Mm -hmm. You talk first-round draft picks coming up. You're talking, you know, team captains. I mean, just some big-time guys who really made their home and their bed in the city section dominating and then going on to win regional and state games. So, without further ado, GB, won't you go ahead and introduce this one? We're bringing in the one and only Manny Douglas on the Transparent Truth. All right, now we'd like to introduce a two-time state championship coach. Seems like he's won every city championship over the last 10 years, but Narbonne head football coach, Manuel Douglas. Coach, how you doing? Uh, great. <clears throat> Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me on. Looking forward to doing it. No this. question. We appreciate <laughs> We, appre- we appreciate you joining us. We know you've got a busy schedule. You're at school right now. I got my partner, Greg Biggins, here. He's going to shoot questions at you and always give him the transparent truth. 
Absolutely, no problem. Coach, Coach Manny, hey, so it's good to catch up with you. I know you, you got class right now, but I, I know also, man, you are you run that campus the way things are going. So you can just have a sub go and take care of your class now, can't you? <laughs> you have that kind I of pool. No, no, it's not like that. Not especially in LA Unified School District. Um, you know, I'm on nutrition break now, so I don't want anybody to think that I'm supposed to be teaching and I'm not. So, yeah, uh, we have this time. We that's why we set it aside. But thank you for saying that. I don't run this campus though by any means. Dude, I'll go further, Coach. You run the whole city. Like uh, I, I, what you're doing right now is unprecedented. And don't go humble on me, man. Because I know that's not. I know you're not a humble guy. You're you're you're, no. you're in your face. I love it. No, I'm you know I'm kidding with you. But what you're doing right now in the city, coach, has, has I don't know if it's ever been done before. What six city titles in the last seven years, two state titles in the last couple years, uh, undefeated season. I, I mean, it's unreal. And you know, I've been covering Narvon for a long time. One of my uh, it's kind of funny. One of Keith's good friends and a, a student sports intern that was mine, Nambi Asma, played way back. And I went, so he, I went and watched Narbonne play when he was there. And honestly, coach, they weren't very good. Now you're at a yeah. level, you're at the Bosco modern day level. You're at a well, level where you, you guys know, go I, take listen, on. I, th- those are kind Let words. You love to be. Let me brag for yeah. you. <laughs> Let me tell you, I, you know, anytime that they can put me, us in the name, me. you know, our name in in the mix with those types of schools, um, you know, that that's obviously something, you know, that's a, a, a matter of respect. And we appreciate that. I appreciate that as the head coach of Narbonne. But, you know, first, let me be the very first one to say there's always been talent here at Narbonne. There's some very good teams. You know, one of my assistant coaches, Brendan Montemaluna, he's the offensive coordinator now, played here at Narbonne, went to Arizona 11 years in the NFL. Um, he's been huge for the program, especially helping get kids to college. But there's been a lot of talent here, and there's been some years. They've had some solid years, but, you know, they had not put together. You know, this is like uh, what we're doing now is what Carson and, I mean, and Banny did maybe back in the 70s and 80s, you know, where they put runs like this together. So from 07 on, you know, I've been the head coach here since 2002. I didn't coach Namdi. I know him. Good guy, and he's very supportive of the program. But since 02, I've been the head coach, and, and then that first year we won our first, you know, was a uh, what would be a D2 title now. That yeah, year was back to back. They had one. Yeah, they had won one in 01 the year before I got here. And then in 1980 they had a uh, championship, a 3A championship. And then so, you know, we, it took us a little while to get it going. You know, we had some injuries. Uh, I had a kid who was really good coming back his senior year. After that 02 season, he was shot. So just, you know. I learned, had to learn how to be a head coach and put together and f- figure out who we were offensively and defensively. But when we put it together, I would say from 07 on, you know, 07 we went 10 and 2. 04 we went 10 and 3 and beat San Pedro for the very first time in 22 or 23 straight games. You know, that was a, a something that was big over here. Narbonne and San Pedro, big rivals. And Pedro dominated Narbonne for oh, 20 plus games. Um, it's not like that now. <laughs> we hold our own and it's a very competitive game, but. Uh, from 07 on, I think, you know, is where we really started to roll. And we've been in the championship game every year from 08 through last year, except for 2010. So, um, and we've had it, what, eight wins? So it's been it's been a great run. Um, and we've had a lot of good coaches and a lot of great talent that's been here and a lot of support from the administration here on campus. But, uh, you know, first and foremost, I'm a teacher on campus. And, <laughs> and that's what they care about. I teach special education. Um, and that has to go first. But, you know, we've been able to do some really good things. I'm very proud that our name, 
You know, when I first started, no one I could even say Narbon. No one understood what's Narbon, right? They said it, <laughs> couldn't pronounce our name correctly. In 2012, we had a nationally ranked team that, you know, had a, a very successful season, went 14 and one, lost in the Open Regional to Corona Centennial in the last minute, um, beat Poly 56 nothing, beat Modern Day two weeks later, beat Sarah, beat Palos Birdies. All those teams were either, you know, Poly and Modern Day that year. They were Pac-5 finalists with Poly winning, and we beat them both. Um, you know, so. At the end of the year, I remember someone talked to me and said, well, aren't you really good, you know, happy about Narbonne, uh, you know, having the great season they did. And I, and I was a little disappointed we lost in a regional, but I was very proud of that 12 team. And my comment then was, I'm just glad they know how to say our name now, you know, because no one understood. You couldn't even pronounce Narbonne. So, yeah, it, it's been a great ride. And our, our mentality here has changed, you know. Um, we, at one point, we were just happy to win league. Now our teams are expected to go to city, and our goal is always to compete for a state title. So, you know, the tide has turned for us, uh, most definitely. <laughs> Coach, I did like an yeah. hour of research right last night, and you're, you're ruining, you're stealing my thunder. I want to ask about the 2012 team, the 2002 <laughs> team. I, I, I want to get to all that individually. You're just you're just running way ahead of me right now. You're, you're no way worries. too fast. That was, that was hey. an overview. <laughs> That was a, that was an awesome overview because you no, know, I was actually at the game and, and I always knew you guys were, were really good and, and I covered Brandon in high school I covered Michael Clayton in high school I know Tim Cobb really well so I always had great respect you've always been a good friend I tell you what that, I was out on the sidelines for that game against Long Beach Poly in 2012 42 to nothing at halftime end up being I want to say 56 to nothing. And honestly, yeah. it could have been 100 to nothing if you guys wanted to. I mean, that was, yeah. I had never seen a Long Beach Poly team. And I, I, when I first started, it was Poly and Modern Day. That was, you know, those were the teams back in the early 90s, right? That kind of Absolutely, ran yeah. over everybody. Absolutely. So to, to see, and then people, oh, you know, Poly's down. And then you beat Modern Day, oh, Modern Day's down. Well, like you just mentioned, those two teams <laughs> ended up going all the way to the D1 final. Yeah. Uh, you guys beat Sarah. I think it was still you know, called Sarah, the Pac-5 then. Yeah, was it, I think it was Pac-5. Yeah. Well, because the reason why I knew it was called Pac-5, but I, uh, Sarah, who you guys beat, that that was Jalen Green and Dory Jackson as a junior, Dwight Williams' junior year, Blake yeah. Robertson was the running back as a sophomore. Um, they won a state title. Took them out. They won a state title. Yeah. yeah. So you, you beat three teams. Like, you can't find three schools with much more tradition in the southern section than Long Beach Poly Modern Day. So I guess kind of leading to this question, I kind of already tipped you off, that 2012 team, in, in your eyes, and then I know you're going to be humble on me, but rank them against all the city teams that you've seen. Because for me, that might have been one of the two or three best city teams I've ever seen, if not one or two. I mean, it, it was that was a loaded team with Troy Williams and Keyshawn and A.J. Richardson. I mean, how fun was that? And then historically, Coach, how, how good was that team compared to, you know, maybe the last 20 L.A. City teams? Well, I mean, you know, you know, when you talk about that, it's interesting to hear someone else, you know, speak that. You're right about, uh, you know, Polly and Monterey were the Pac-5 finalists that year when everybody thought they were down. Polly ended up winning and go to a state game and lost on the last minute of a state championship um, to Granite Bay, I believe. Um, yep. Yep. Uh, Sarah won a state championships. Uh, Palos Verdes was a team we beat, and it's a local team, but they won it, won their section championship. So, you know, I would say, you know, there's a lot of debate around here. All the former guys who come back and talk about the best teams. <clears throat> you know, the 2015 team that won a state title. Even the 2016 team, we went 14 and 0 before losing to Cathedral Catholic 
you know, they always want to debate who's the best team. And, you know, I, overall, I think the 12 team was, you know, a groundbreaking team for us. We were national ranked, and, and those guys have been together since the 10th grade. And, uh, you know, it has to be, in my opinion, the best team that didn't win a state championship. And I always like to say that. And those guys get mad about it because they always feel <laughs> like, you know, they would have, but we didn't win a state championship. We lost to Corona Centennial in, in a great game. You know, we were a little bit overwhelmed as that game started and came back from a 28-7 to halftime deficit to tie it 34-34 with a minute left and end up losing. But that was a phenomenal team. And I, all those guys have gone on to do some great things. Um, and I think, you know, I'm most proud of that team because I feel like they, they have always been the, the standard bearers, you know. So, um, I, I, you know, we've had some good teams and it's debatable. And But, I, you know, overall, and those kids are great. Troy was up here. Troy Warren was uh, the quarterback on that team. He was here Friday and was uh, reviewing for his pro day, which is this week. And, uh, man, it just – I was sitting in the office with him, looking at him, talking to him, and it was just amazing to think, you know, how how much he's grown as a, as a young man, as a person, um, from when I coached him as, as our quarterback to, you know, now grad, a graduate of University of Utah, whatever he's been through, the adversity, being a captain. And, you know, it just kind of puts that team in perspective as I talk to those guys that come back to visit. So I think that team will always be the team that uh, is – that and the 08 team. Our OE team was the first team that even had a chance to win a city title. We ended up tying with San Pedro in the last minute, but that, that team was a special team as well. So it's, it's not usually the answer that most people expect from me when I make <laughs> the OE team. But I think those are the two best teams that we've ever had in my tenure. So, well, Coach, I wasn't even meaning the best Narbon team. I was saying since I've been watching football, you know, I started doing this, you know, 96 – so I kind of miss those Carson Banning teams that were super, yeah. super, super loaded. You know, I, so though I, I know those teams were, were ridiculous. And trust me, every time I make this comment, I hear from you know George Malulu or, or some, some of the old school guys will say, "You should have yeah, seen our Carson teams." Or, but just from, from I would say from 2000 on, I mean, I don't know if I've seen a better city team. Period. I mean, I know the, the DeAnthony Thomas 2009, 2010 Crenshaw teams are really special. But I'll tell you what, man. I would put your 2012 team up against anybody. You know, it's kind of funny. I was on the sidelines for your game against Centennial as well. And what I remember, I don't know why I remember random dumb things that, you know, don't mean much <laughs> in life, but I'll forget to take the trash out. Yeah. So you tied the game up. It's 34-34, and you went for two. And if I remember yeah. correctly, I think A.J. was your holder, right? But he got yes, hurt he on was. the touchdown. So you guys went he for two. ACL. Yeah. He, how, so, I mean... So and the thing behind that, their, uh, fast, their uh, offense was ridiculous. But yeah, go ahead and tell the story. Many people ask me that question. Why don't you just, you know, put it down and kick the extra point? And I'll, you know, we had a guy who was a more of a JV player, backup, never really got into the game, ever played JV, and he was okay as a holder. And I went up to him and I'm like, "Hey, can you do it?" And he stuttered and was like, uh, "I think so." And I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna go for two. And that's really why we did it. You know, at that point, I figured, well, our best chance was with our best players on the field as opposed to a JV guy who, when I looked right at him and asked him straight up, hey, are you cool? Can you do it? Was afraid, didn't want to do it. I'm like, let's, you know, uh, uh, we got to roll the dice here, and you got to go with the guys that got you there. So I never regretted that decision. Um, you know, AJ couldn't do it. Uh, when he scored that touchdown to tie it late, he ended up twisting his knee, and it was an ACL tear. So that was a war. That's one of the greatest games I've ever really been a part of. Um, even though we lost the game, it was a phenomenal game to be to coach against a really good coach and a great program, a good guy. Uh, you know, Matt, I like Matt Logan. We're good friends now. So, um, 
you know, that was why we did it. And most people don't know that. I've seen a lot of people say that was a dumb move. You know, it was out of necessity. It was, It is what it is, and I have no regrets that we've ever done. I've always been that go for two guy anyway. You know, yeah, I've never yeah. had a problem going for two if it was going to be for I would, uh, the 2015 team. We played Sarah here at home, and that's when they had Tate at quarterback. And all that stuff that he was doing in Arizona, running all over, but he did to us. He scored six touchdowns. He had like almost 370 yards rushing. We could not stop him. But we were scoring with him, you know, score for score. We get it to overtime. They score first. We score second, a touchdown. And I'm like, he scored on fourth and 12 in the first overtime, <laughs> scrambled and scored a touchdown. And so when we scored and we were one down, I'm like, we're going for two to win. I'm not putting the ball back in his hand. And uh, we had a great play called, but our quarterback fumbled the snap from under center, and we ended up losing 41-40. So, but those types of plays, you know, just like that in 12, I I never regret those. I'm always yeah. been that guy, you know. And to get to our first city championship in 08, I went for two to be Crenshaw when DeAnthony was a sophomore here at Narbonne, and we won 25-24. And so it's just been my MO, you know, and um, I'm cool with it. I can live with all those decisions. Yeah. I had heard about AJ probably about an hour after the game. So I was, I was, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of going for two. I'm like, dude, it's high school. Go for two every time to win the game. I think mm-hmm. at that point in time, when an extra point gives you the lead, I think that's what was causing the kind of the questioning. But once I think we all heard, you know, about AJ, it was like, okay, that was a good move. And then Centennial just went down the field, you know, so fast anyway, you know, yeah. whether up one or, or tied. You have to Would have made a difference at all. Yeah. Probably not, right? You get the ball back with like not a lot of time left, and because Troy was so good, Manny, I, I still thought, I go, dude, what if Troy does something like miraculous right here? I mean, at that point in the game, do you remember kind of what you were thinking? You had the ball back. Yeah, well, like we were playing fast. Last. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. We were playing fast, and we got down the field. As I remember, I think we were inside the twenty-five or about the twenty-five yard line coming down when we got the ball on. I think the ten, and we we drove right down the field. And the bottom line is time just ran out before because if we yeah. kept going and playing, we are just going to keep going back and forth. You know, that, that was what made it such a great game. You know, so, I mean, we ran one last play, and I think they tackled us inside about the 25-yard line going in, you know, and we I wanted to, didn't Troy take off? Didn't Troy yeah, take he off did. and ran the, for like 30, 40 he, yards? He did. Going to yeah, he, that was, yeah. The play before, he hit a guy crossing who got us about 20, 25. Yeah. And he took off running and got another 25. And then we had one more play, and we had a completion about 15, and that's where the play ended, the game ended. So it was a shock. Our kids weren't, you know, at, to that point, our kids thought about, you know, just expected to win. When we were down 28-7, we didn't panic. I, uh, what I did, we had a bunch of JV kids in there, and I kicked them out. <laughs> I just kept wanted to talk to the starters because they were laughing and talking. They, they were along for the ride. You know, so I just talked to the starters and I we sat down. And I said, "Hey, now it's no adjustment. It's about we were just overwhelmed when we started that game. We were not used to being in that moment. You know, a state open regional game. You know, the only time that there was a regional game. You know, if there wasn't a regional, yeah. we would have had the opportunity to go right to De La Salle. Yeah. So you know, we looked around and I just said, "Hey, you know, don't look at the scoreboard anymore. You know, we're not worried about the score. But I'm telling you right now, if you don't go out there and show some pride and play with a little bit more heart and intensity." You know, they'll never remember that you beat Polly the way we did or modern day. It won't matter. They'll only talk about how you got blown out against Cronus and Tenney in the regional. And so our guys were fired up and we ran out there and we promptly um, went three and out on offense. <laughs> like, well, there goes that, you know, uh, halftime speech. So, you know, and as I remember, Cronus and Tenney drove down the field and on the two, our defense forced a fumble. And then that's when our kids woke up and played. And we went 98 yards, scored a touchdown, and the game was on. 
And uh, I wish we had just played the entire game that way. But, you know, Corona Centennial had been in those big moments. And that was a learning, you know, um, process for our program to be in an open regional game or a state game. We'd never been anywhere like that, you know. So that, that was one, one of, the, of the better games. Yeah, one of the yeah, best games yeah. I've ever seen. I mean, it ended up being like a basketball game where neither, neither team could, could stop each other, like you said. Kind of ran out, you know, clock ran out on you. Yeah. Let's go to 2008, Manny. That was the first city title you guys had. That was the Sean Parker, Byron Moore, Melvin Davis with a truck in the backfield. Yeah. What was what was 2008 like? Winning that first one. Um, just describe that feeling if you can remember back to, and I'm sure you can. Uh, to, to well, the year before, season. year before in 07, we went 10 and one, and uh, won our first playoff game, and then played Crenshaw at Crenshaw. And I remember that we were, you know, in the game, but we, we turned the ball over like eight times in this game. You know, and that's when in the city you played Thursday or Friday night, and then you came back and you played on a Wednesday, the, uh, the day before Thanksgiving. And they changed it since then. But we had to play a very, you know, quick turnaround. And all I remember is on turnover five, we um, were down 24-21, and we're about to drive and score. As our guard crosses the uh, the goal line, he fumbles, and they recover in the end zone. So we were about to take the lead, 24-21. We had already turned it over five times. Our sixth turnover was when we were scoring, right? and the ball went out, um, back out of the end zone, and they recovered it. So into the end zone, they recovered. So they get the ball back. We three and out them. They punt to us, and we fumble the punt, turnover seven. And then the game was pretty much <laughs> over then, right? So I just remember being, you know, really devastated. And I remember as a coaching staff, we met, and we talked about all the returners some of the things we wanted to do. Like the next day at 6 a.m. in the morning, I made a meet with me on Thanksgiving Day. I remember that. A couple guys, we had breakfast, and we just talked about some of the things we needed to do. And I think that propelled us because we had all these guys and we're motivated from that year. We had a great season that year. We didn't have quite the preseason or the schedule that we've had, you know, we're accustomed to now. And, uh, you know, those boys bought into the program and it, it just really became our goal was to get to a city championship game. And, you know, that year, San Pedro was really good. They were a great team. Yes. We played them here Very in Armand and beat them in triple overtime. We had to go to triple overtime to beat them the first time. So, um, you know, I wasn't too surprised that the game was a tie. Um, other than had I been the guy who tied it, we would have gone for two to win. I've, I already knew that. I wouldn't have kicked it for an extra point. But other than that, you know, um, there's a great group of guys. And I think, you know, overall in our progress, you know, as a program and how we've developed, I think that was a big stepping stone on how to get and win, get to a city championship and try to win a city championship. And even though we didn't quite win it outright, you know, it propelled us the next year to get back to the finals. We just happened to run into G. Anthony Thomas and, probably one of Crenshaw's best teams ever. So, And I was going to say, along with your 2012 team, you know, those those 2009, 2010 Crenshaw teams were some of the best I think people have ever seen. I yeah. want to say the 2009 team was the one who played Dennis Sal and D'Anthony got yeah, hurt. That is. If, yeah. you, if you can, he's kind of like royalty. D'Anthony Thomas, you know, one of those guys that just you say his name and everybody knows who he is. Uh, would you say, and, and don't, say if it's not true but was he maybe the best player you ever played against or at least in the top five in terms of just a guy that was just such a game breaker from no I, I don't I that's, that's funny because we've seen some other kids like we were as a kid playing in southeast and the guys were mentioning him oh man that's the next D'Anthony Thomas and I remember standing up and saying listen man I've played against D'Anthony since he was in 10th grade and I know D'Anthony Thomas that's not no D'Anthony Thomas never will be D'Anthony is probably the best player that we've seen um, since I've been at Narbonne who's ever played against us, um, who could take over a game on any one play. When he was a 10th grader, 
and we beat them in 08. He was one of the guys who ended up, um, you know, really keeping them in that game. And I remember after that game, he was crying, and that was a really tough game to lose for them. And when they had a chance to win the whole game, and they were leading most of the game. And I had a lot of respect for that kid. He, we had some fast kids on that 08 team. And I remember he took a ball, and he was pulling away from us, you know, like a 60-yard run. He had an impact on that game. So, yeah, and then you see what he did in college at Oregon. I mean, he played in the perfect system. I wish I would have had him. Man, I know. When <laughs> I had him now, boy, he would be, uh, you know, the Gatorade player of the year, <laughs> without a doubt. I don't think I've ever but, seen a guy. I don't think I've ever seen a guy who could run like he could. It wasn't just straight line no. speed. I mean, he was yep. going, he was running 4-4 four, four sideways. I mean, right he, he now, had his wiggle was, yeah. yeah. Dude, he hit he hit top speed after two steps, and yep. his ability to change gears and, and change direction and, and beat you with a wiggle, that little hit there, and and it, like like I said, people always say, oh, he kind of reminds me of DeAnthony. I'm like, dude, you've never seen DeAnthony then. If you can this guy, if you've seen him in like person, that guy, you can't oh, say that because he was special. No. There's not a guy that comes around like that every, you know, every ten years. He he's by far one of the best we've ever played against. Um, and I've seen up close, and I, and I and I played him in the, when he was a freshman, when he was a sophomore, when he was a junior, when he was a senior. So we knew him very well. <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny. I, I just because my mind is kind of warped this way. I was always looking at Anthony in high school and even in college, and always thinking, okay, NFL upside. Where's his? What's his best? And I always thought corner would be his best NFL position because you know, for and the thing, another thing about Anthony, you mentioned how fast he ran hard. Like he didn't. Yes. He ran over he was people. Physical. With his body yeah, type, bro. if you saw him, you might see this, but he was. Dude, he was yeah. bang people. And I, yeah, I, I never thought down his down. body could hold up. Yeah, I never thought he could. I, I, wasn't, I was unsure if his body could hold up as a full-time running back at the NFL. But I said, man, if this guy with those feet and those instincts and that toughness could go play corner, I go. Mm-hmm. I thought his NFL career might be better as a corner. Obviously, he went to Oregon. And uh, like you mentioned, that was the perfect system for him. But to this day... I always kind of wonder. No, I see one of the players. I see one in my corner. Yep. Yeah, he was, and everyone thought he was a lock. So I remember when he picked Oregon. That was why everybody, what, what happened? That was yeah. a big coup for them. But that really helped them, and it was a phenomenal player. You know, you know, he's he's a uh, like I said, he's he's the best player we've seen. Um, yeah, no, he's, he's, he's ever played against absolute us. Absolute legend. Yeah. So Crenshaw wins at 09 in 2010, 2011, Manny. This time you guys, you guys are coming. You got Troy as a junior, and you guys played Carson, led by my guy Elijah Asante. They had Darius Rogers. Yeah. So 2011, that was your first non, uh, your first city title that wasn't a co-championship. How did that one feel? 2011, it kind of break down that season for me. Yeah, that was. I mean, that exactly. That was what it was. I mean, our goal was. You know, in, up to 2008, I was wondering if we'd ever make it to a title game. We make it and we, you know, have success, but not quite. You know, it, was, it wasn't as satisfying. 11 was one of my favorite years just because it was us outright and, and we played Carson twice that year and beat him twice to uh, – actually, no, I think – yeah, nah, I can't remember if they beat us in the league. I think they might have beat us in the league or we won in a club. I'm not sure about that. I just remember that when it mattered the most in 2011 – um, you know, with the ring on the line, we beat them, and we beat them pretty, pretty good. We had a running back who had uh, a six touchdowns that game. Trey Boone, yeah, that's his. Yep, he's yep. yeah. Six, he set the city record at over had 300 yards rushing that game. And I remember Day 12. We and had six to run the ball. I looked it up last night. Yeah, we had to run the ball because um, Troy had, had like a high ankle sprain the week before, and wasn't really effective. Couldn't push off when he threw, and they gave us that. They dropped eight. 
and they wanted us to run the ball, so we ran the ball all the way to a ring. Yeah, Trill only had 75 yards passing that game. I looked up the stats mm -hmm. last night, but Trey had 312 and six touchdowns. Darius Rogers had 13 catches for 251 yards, but, but you yeah. guys took that title. You, obviously, we already discussed 2012, a generational team. 2013, mm -hmm. you, you, you let us down there, man. You kind of you went – I kind of feel like the people who told John Wooden, hey, coach, you kind of missed last year. We're kind of disappointed in you. But then you went and won <laughs> every, every title since, 14, 15, 16, and 17, four straight. Um, again, kind of put that in perspective. Is this still is this still fun for you? That's a that's a oh, question. You know I, I know it is. I know it is. But man, like right absolutely. now, it's almost like anything but that is kind of like a disappointing season for you. Absolutely. You know the thing about that. You're right. You know when we first started, I always just talk about with these guys. Hey, if we win a league championship, our seating will be high, and anything can happen in a, in a you know playoff tournament, right? And now. Then it became, you know, winning league was really didn't really mean that much. As long as we did it well in the preseason, we were going to be solid because our goal was to win city, right? And and I will never demean what it is to win city because every team has its own experience. Every year, 11, 12, even 13, I didn't know if we would make it back. That was a great team. We were 11 and 3. If it wasn't for three, you know, uh, snaps over our punter's head to give them six points in safeties, <laughs> you know, we, we had a great chance to win that one. And now we're talking what seven in a row right which would have been yeah. phenomenal so um you know every year has uh, what makes it unique is every team has its own story it's you know we build up we have the off season you know everyone has their own it's different obstacles for each team and we overcome them so they're all unique right so we will never hear at Narbonne because I've known guys you know I've lost more city title games than some guys who've been coaching for 25 years have ever gotten to and that <laughs> we're blessed we're absolutely blessed yeah. I do not take that for granted so that never gets um, boring to win a city championship. Everyone is important, and every year at this point, we're just trying to see if we can do it again. But the mentality here at the pro you know in our program is the kids expect to go there. I mean, we've had a couple classes that have never not been in a city championship game, and they expect. And in our weight room, if you ever go in there, you see we every year I, I write on the wall, you know, or paint on the wall. We don't write, but it's painted on the wall by a professional painter. The the results of the season. So the guys from 2013 come in, and it just says 2013 Division One finalist or runner-up. And, and man, those guys from 12 and the guys from 14, all you know, they compete. They all they're still competing. They're ragging each other, giving each other a hard time. And the rule is, if you don't win a championship, <laughs> you don't get to work it in our weight room as an alumni before a guy who has won a championship. That's kind of our unspoken rule. I love it. Here, love it. Here at Narvon. So. You know, but it's changed a little bit in that the expectation is to win a city championship. But our goal is to win a state title, you know. So in the last four years, we've been in four regionals. You know, we had a great 14-0 and team and lost to Cathedral Catholic in a very close game as well. And, uh, you know, we learned from it, and we're able to repeat last year. So not to uh, take away anything from those, every title is important to us and means a lot. But, you know, our perspective is a little bit different in that each team is expecting to go win a state title. You know, hey, Matt, you know my respect you know my respect about you and the, and the program is if you guys wanted to i mean you guys could literally run off a, a 150 game winning streak if you want to just kind of schedule you know a bunch of sloppy teams and then run through city. yeah we never then, like we you, don't you guys schedule within the city and do like that for a reason and it's helped no. our program to be honest with you. yeah but, i mean you guys are you guys are like fresno state mentality pat hill anytime anyone anywhere like you guys are playing everybody. What doesn't matter if it's going to St. Louis or Hawaii playing St. Louis or if it's playing, you know, Pauline Sarah every year, Centennial, uh, Bosco. I mean, you guys don't duck anyone. I love that about you. 
But describe your scheduling mentality. And, and obviously, I think players want to play in those big games. And right now, you guys are a, a destination where players, I mean, we live in a, you know, I know this is not something that you know, people feel comfortable talking about, but it's transparent truth. We talk about anything we want to on this show, Coach. You guys are a destination <laughs> school, right? We live in a transfer generation where kids want to yeah. play right now. You guys are a transfer destination. You guys got, you talk about schools and, and where people want to, tr- I get calls from parents all the time. And I hear Narbon mentioned more than almost any other school, and people want to play for you at your program. Well, I mean, that, that, that's a compliment, and that's not just a testament. You know, that's not me. That's a testament to the, the coaches and, and what we've done in the past. And, you know, we're a public school. <laughs> you know, we don't uh, have some of the things, or we don't charge. Those are uh, definitely factors. Here's the thing. The reality is, you know, as a parent, I'm, I'm going to send my kid to the best school I can possibly send them. You know, and there, I don't think that any parent, anyone should have, have the right to tell a parent where they can and cannot send their child. Now, do I go and knock on doors and bring these kids? And We don't do that. But we recruit in the respect that we get kids out to college, we have a safe campus, our academics on our campus are very strong. We, ha- we offer a very school, a very sound school program as a whole. You know, our school community here as a whole is solid. And we win. So those make us attractive. And then the, probably the most important part is that we're free. <laughs> I'll scholarship anyone who wants to come to Narbonne. <laughs> There's no tuition here at Narbonne, right? So, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, it's that expression, if you build it, they will come. And within our district with so many different programs, whether it be the ninth grade house or, or we have Japanese or sign language on campus or some of these programs or the different magnets, you know, kids can go anywhere they want to go as long as you do it the right way. So I have no problem with that. And I know there are people in the, within the media who want to call us out recently. <laughs> We were lumped in with St. John Bosco in modern day as, uh, you know, it's our turn to get the next transfer. And I laughed about it, to be honest. I thought I was, I was pretty witty. I wanted to we don't, we don't take that guy seriously, though, Manny. We don't take that no, guy I mean, seriously at all. You know, so, hey, you everyone has an opinion. Thing. And we don't stifle anyone's opinion. I don't care. That's their opinion. Like, when I'm on the sideline, you know, people get upset. And they say, you know, you get mad when people are talking about you. No. Well, I love Kobe Bryant. And I love the Lakers. But when I watched him, I had an opinion. I was yelling at the TV when I thought Kobe <laughs> took too many shots. But I'm a fan. And if they're in the stands and they're paying their money and they're a fan, as long as they're not, you know, cussing at me or, in, or disrespectful to my family or me, I, whatever. That's their opinion. You know, I have my job. I do my job. And I don't worry about stuff like that. So, um, you know, hey, uh, we're just to be even mentioned with Modern Day and Bosco as a destination school. I don't have a problem with it. Uh, you know, as long as the, when these parents show up and go to the main office and ask or want to come to the school and they take care of their business and do the paperwork properly, and if they don't, then they do the sit-out period or whatever it may be. So I, I'm that doesn't bother me one bit whatsoever. We are a destination school for the fact that, as I said, we win, we get kids to college, and our campus is safe, and you don't have to pay to come to Narbonne. So yeah, I'm not, not going to apologize. I'm not going to apologize uh, for that for any reason whatsoever. There is no reason to apologize for that. Something that we have, you know, I, I, that wasn't the intention when we started. Hey, I want to build a program that kids want to transfer to. I just wanted to win. <laughs> I wanted to build a program where young men could learn to be young men, you know, and do well once they got out of school. You know, one of the things that I'm most proud about is that this senior class from that 2012 team and one from the 2013. Troy Williams was a, a starter at Utah and a captain, as voted by his teammates. Uh, Keyshawn Bieria was a starter at University of Washington and a captain, as voted by his teammates. Uchenna Nwoso was a Narbonne player, started at USC, and as a captain, as voted by his teammates. I'm more proud of the fact that those guys were captains in those major programs, because that just goes to show that we taught our kids how to act and behave and do the right things the right way.
and they followed and learned something. And not every kid will do that, but it kind of made me feel really good that this year we had three, you know, alumni, three former players at major universities contributing on the field and then voted as captains by their by their peers, coaches, and teammates. So that's why Narbonne's the place to go. You know, just like Bosco, I have nothing bad to say about Bosco or Modern Day. Those are great schools. There's nothing wrong with any of those schools. Uh, but I can only talk to and about Narbonne. And that, to me, is a transparent truth that no one wants to talk about. No one, you know, if you really want to know why they want to come to Narbonne, come to Narbonne. Come check us out one day and see how our school is and, and how our campus is and why some of the reasons why kids want to play for us because of how we treat our kids. We, we coach them hard, but we love them up, you know. I have a very good relationship with most of my parents. I let them know when their kids aren't doing things. I call them right up and say, hey, your kid's out of class, or he's hanging out with this girl, or he's not turning his homework. That's my job, you know. I, I don't just coach football. I'm a teacher, and we teach them on a lot of levels. And I have a lot of assistant coaches on campus that do the same thing, or, they want, or they're not part of our program. So there it is. <laughs> I love it. One, you know. Manny, yeah. preach it. Can I get an amen? That was beautiful. Well, I, I agree with everything you said. And again, you know, I covered Brandon and Michael Clayton. You guys do a phenomenal job of getting kids out. And obviously, you, you do it the right way. Hey, let's, let's, let's go to present, present day, Narbonne next year. Uh, if you can, you know, I know you haven't gotten the spring ball yet, but uh, you guys got a lot of guys back. You got some, some guys transferring in. Um, Break down next year's mm-hmm. team for me. What, what what excites you the most? Where are the weaknesses? Where are the strengths? How good can this team be next season? Well, um, you're right. I mean, we have a great mix of returners, and we've had some very, very good players, which was totally unexpected. I was not, you know, we always get a couple of transfers here and there. Jamar Jefferson was a transfer, right? It made sense. He wasn't bad. Here. No, it wasn't bad. He was City Player of the Year. <laughs> he helped. The Daily Breeze Player of the Year. He helped immensely, especially when, you know, we had a returning quarterback who was a City Player of the Year, and um, we struggled offensively, but we could run the ball. So, um, you know, we got some kids in this year, and like I said, I wasn't expecting them, but, man, I, I have a good mix of returners and some of the new kids. And then our lower-level teams, you know, that's why we play the preseason we play, so that they're challenged. You know, we're when we play Southern Section teams and the good ones, now we can have three levels of play. In L.A. City, we don't have three levels of play. We only have two levels. So when we play city uh, opponents, we can only have two games. And I went to that starting in 07, and I don't play very rarely. Uh, one time since 07 have I played a city team um, in the preseason because I want the freshman-sophomore game, the JV game, the varsity game. And I felt like, you know, Uchenna Nuoso is a perfect example. Uchenna, through the 11th grade, never started a varsity game. He, in the 11th grade, he very rarely played. He played some special teams. He ends up starting his senior year, 14 games, and gets a scholarship to USC. And it's probably a first-round draft pick in the upcoming draft. And I feel like our philosophy and our preseason, who we schedule, and why we do that has helped us. So, you know, we have a great lower-level program, and those guys are going to fill in. At, now, what spring ball is in this offseason and a little bit in the summer is to bring them all and make them one cohesive group. And I think that's what challenges. That's the excitement for me to see how, how close I can get them, how much I can get them to buy into our, our program as a group and our goal this year. And if they are able to listen and do those things, then our success will be, you know, winning another state title and playing in a state championship game. And uh, that's why every, when you mentioned each city championship, is it boring? No, because it's always a challenge to get a different group of kids to buy into what we do and learn and develop. When we were two and three in the preseason, people were talking about Narbonne's done. But I knew better. I'm like, what are you talking about? We played Corona Centennial, St. Louis, 
We play poly. We beat there. We're not done. We're competing against some of the best in Southern California. We'll beat anybody in the city. And it proved to be that way. But, you know, that's just experience with that. So I'm really excited about this team. I think we can be better than we were last year, in all honesty. Because we have a lot. Most people don't realize is that we have a lot of linemen coming back. Um, and since and when we got in the city in playoffs, we win by larger scores. I'm able to play some of the younger linemen. They got a lot of reps. So we're kind of going to just plug in. So as how they develop in the spring and the summer is going to be pretty much how we are because our skills can match up with anybody, with anybody in Southern California. I believe that. So and then we have an open competition battle. I mean, a quarterback battle. We got six guys competing for the starting job. Our JV guy was very dynamic. Um, obviously, recently um, Jake Garcia transferred in from Long Beach Poly, and uh, you know he's a freshman too, right? So he's got to learn our system, and they're going to compete. And the one thing at Narbonne, we compete every day. And I don't care who you are, you know, you're going to compete and you'll continue to compete even when you're a starter. So I have a philosophy that, you know, the team and being part of the team is for everyone. Anyone who wants to be on the team can be on the team. I don't cut kids here. You know, as long as you're at practice every day and doing the right things, you can be a part of the team. But playing time is strictly based on ability, no matter who you are. So that has served us very well. In, in the last, you know, 15 years that I've been here because we live by those words. So, you know, our kids are going to compete, and I think we can be very special this next year, um, maybe better than the last year's team. <laughs> that was a long-winded hey, answer. Sorry. Hey, no, Manny, you know what? I, I could go on forever, man. This is fun for me. I think I told you 15 minutes, and it's been 40. So I know your first job. Wow. <laughs> been, dude, this is, dude, this is fun. And every time I see you, it's, just, it's always easy to talk with you, but I love going down memory lane and, and sending the stories and hearing about next year's team. And yeah. I was going to ask about the quarterback position. You, you brought it up. Like I said, you're reading my mind with half this interview, but I know first and foremost you are an educator, and uh, so I know i got to let you go. I was totally kidding about the boring comment. I love Woody as much as anyone, so I know you do too. I was just, I was, it was an old UCLA John Wooden quote where he said someone actually said, Coach, you let us down last year when they lost one in the midst of that, like, seven-year seven streak or whatever. So the, the run you guys are kind of on is kind of similar to those John Wooden UCLA basketball teams. But honestly, dude, Manny, thanks so much for taking your time. And, uh, hey, and I, I thank you I so much for having busy. me on. Absolutely. Yeah, I appreciate Let's do it. it. Again. It's really yeah, good talking absolutely. about it. It makes me feel, uh, feel pretty good when I – I don't really reflect on it very often, and maybe I should, but um, maybe when I'm done with it all, you know, when I finally quit coaching – but um, I appreciate the, you know, the time and definitely giving us the opportunity to, you know, talk about who we are. So thank you. I'm a fan. I'm a fan of your program and your guys for sure. So good luck, man, and I'll, we'll see you in the spring. All right, buddy. Talk to you soon. All right, thanks, thank you. Yep, you got it. All right, you got it. Bye-bye. Ladies and gentlemen, Manny Douglas, two-time defending state championship coach, looking to make a run in 2019. All right, we appreciate Coach Douglas for joining us on the show. What a great interview. GB, uh, some things that stood out to you from the interview listening to Coach Douglas. Yeah, I mean, I would say, you know, when we talked about transfers, you know, he didn't say, oh, he didn't kind of beat around the He said, yeah, we get guys, but here's why. Yeah. You know, number one, it's free. Number two, they win. Number three, good education. Number four, it's free. Number five, they get guys out. And Number it's six, great, it's free. Yeah, and it's a great school environment. It's sure. a great. I've been. It's a fun. It's a good school. It's a fun yeah. environment to be in. Right. They do everything that you're looking for. Right. If I'm a parent, you want your kids to to go somewhere where the coach cares about them on the field, off the field. No question. Manny does. You want to go somewhere where he can. You know, best case scenario, if he's good enough, hey, can my kid get a scholarship? Again, Brandon and Michael Clayton. 
Th those guys do a great job getting kids out. They get nine, ten guys out uh, almost every year. Yeah. Right. They're gonna compete for championships, and it's free. Right. What else? What else are you looking for in, in made, a high school program? I made a statement not too long ago on our favorite message board. I said, "Who's doing a better job over the last five years of getting kids out than Narbonne?" I don't think there's anybody in the state of California that's doing a better job than Narbonne over the last five to seven years yeah. of getting kids to college. Yep. I mean, their numbers have to be in the 30s, 40s over the last five years of getting kids out. I know a, a couple of years ago they had 10 plus. Yeah. Uh, last year they had seven or eight. Yeah. They're doing a fantastic they get six job. Six to ten, and when I say six, that, I, that I don't, I don't mean necessarily, you know, the FBS schools. Yeah. But I'm saying they get guys free education, free college education, free college Greg. education. Yeah. Shoot, that's the goal. That's at the, the dream. End of the day. That's the dream. Is right that there. the dream? Oh man, it's not the dream for me and my kids, but you don't want a free education? No, no, yeah. no, I'm not saying we don't want one. It's just not the dream. Okay. But yeah. I get it. Part of the dream. I think it's a process within the dream, absolutely. But listen, nothing. I can't. I can't speak any more highly than Manny Douglas. Than one of his parents spoke to me and said, "He's a great coach. It's a great place, and your kids will have a ton of fun, structure, balance, and get a great education." Yeah, I like. I thought Manny for twenty years, and you know what? He's the same guy now as he was before he was winning city titles. He's, and, he's a guy you can just go sit, yeah. you know, at a bar with and watch a game and, and shoot the breeze. Right. I, I really like that about Manny. You know, he a lot of guys win, and all of a sudden, you know, they become a little little different, right? They little go big on you, huh? Get, go, big. go big time on you. Yeah. Manny's yeah. the same guy, so I, I respect him a lot. And uh, great program for sure. Also, very impressive their non-league scheduling. I oh, think you they touched don't duck on that one. Yeah. Uh, I remember them getting whacked last year against Corona Centennial, but when their kids play hard, especially defensively, yeah. those guys were hitting. Uh, they were a little over overmatched, but man, they were physical, and uh, that's something that I really respect. So, tip of the cap from the transparent. Wish I would have asked a little bit more on going back to the beautiful islands of Hawaii. Yeah, because I said, I go, dude, you guys lost that game, but I feel like you got your mojo back. Yeah, a couple. Jalen started to roll after that game. Yeah, the team, yeah. Jamar started Jamar, to roll. Yeah, absolutely. So There's some therapeutic water and air and beach and sun in the beautiful islands. My Ohana out there. <laughs> no, and they got some guys coming in, man. We got P3 coming in. P3. Brandon Jones is in. Brandon Jones. Seven McGee. McGee. I didn't even know that until I saw him this past yeah, week. Yeah, that's what I, I was go, trying hey, to tell you, you the last week. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, they got, they got some Jake Garcia Jake quarterback. Jake Garcia, yeah. They got dudes, They man. got a These bunch are, of linemen coming back now. They got dudes. They got players. Everywhere. You better look out for Darvon. Dude, absolutely. They're, they're going to smack some people this year. If they can get the quarterback situation figured out, you know, Jake's going to be good. He's only going to be a sophomore. But if they get that figured out, they got running yeah. backs. Yeah. Um, Chawan Collins is there. Chawan Collins is there. And he's, all these guys are young. Yeah. Right? Seven McGee's a freshman. Jake's a, f a freshman. Brandon's a junior. Brandon's a junior. Yeah. Chawan Collins is a sophomore. sophomore. Um, they're going to be good for a long time, man. Yeah. They're going to be good for a while. Yeah. I don't know if Dorsey's ever going to catch them, GB. We appreciate you joining us, nevertheless. Always fun and always transparent here on The Transparent Truth. Appreciate Manny Douglas for joining the show and giving us his reasons and his um, his perspective on Narbonne football and why that's a great place for student-athletes to attend school. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Also, remember, we are now on YouTube. Check out our YouTube page. The Transparent Truth Podcast. We appreciate you. From my partner, Greg Biggins, it's your boy, Coach Keith. There's a new sheriff in town, and his name's Richie Hammond. Y'all be cool.